Hello, I'm Amber Lowther and welcome to the Fashion Avenue podcast. I've been doing this podcast for over a year now, which to me is just wild. I can't even believe it. I just love fashion and beauty. I'm a journalist. I've been blogging fashion and beauty for eight years. So here I am with a podcast to get you in the mood and inspired and motivated to go out and live your dreams. Today, I'm chatting to Desiree Daravi, who is the founder and creative director of SWF Boutique. From going to a career in podiatry to now living in Bali, dreaming up amazing colorful garments, Desiree has definitely had a career change that's paid off. If you want to know how she did just that, why SWF Boutique went with a made-to-order model and why sustainability is so important to them, then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of the Fashion Avenue Podcast. Desiree, thank you so much for coming on the Fashion Avenue Podcast. Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I wanted to jump in to your whole career because it's quite interesting. So you weren't actually, I guess, studying fashion. You were a qualified podiatrist. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, it's probably not you know, a very clear transition from podiatry to <laughs> fashion, um, but yeah, it was always something that I loved and I never had the opportunity growing up to dive into that creative aspect. And once I was working, I decided that maybe podiatry is not exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I just started becoming more creative and doing a few little volunteer jobs here and there. And um, I went on a trip to Bali and I met all these expats and creatives and people who started brands and labels and this and that and I was like wow this is amazing I can do this and so (laughs) six months later I packed everything packed my apartment quit my job sold my car and moved to Bali oh my god that's a story Mm. and a half if I've ever heard one oh my god (laughs) and so did you always have an interest in fashion look I think I did like when I think back at it now I was always creative as a child and Mm. You know, I would sew with my grandma, my best friend and I would make, you know, these fabric pencil cases. I was always interested in that. I even remember in one of my language classes, they had asked us to do something and I just got all these magazines and made like a collage of runway pictures and just random things mm-hmm. that come back to me. But again, like in high school, I was never, I never explored that. Yeah. I was kind of always good at maths, good at science. And that was just a natural progression for me. You know, I did a Bachelor of Science and then I did a Bachelor of Podiatry. And then once I was just took a moment to be like, okay, what do I really want to do? What do I really love? Mm. That's when you know, that all came to fruition. Wow. So you could say that trip to Bali changed your life? It absolutely did. Yeah. (laughs) It absolutely did. And so when was it that you decided to actually go ahead and manufacture your designs and what made you choose Bali? I know obviously you saw everything kind of in front of your eyes, but do you ever have any other kind of ideas for where you wanted to manufacture? I had no industry experience. So Mm. I was just very naive, which I think worked in my favor. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs who start businesses are quite naive and it does work in your favor because if you knew about everything, you probably would never start. So yeah, so it wasn't a decision of should I manufacture in Bali or should I manufacture in China? The positives about Bali are that the minimums are quite low and it, you know you can start a small business 
without having major quantities. So that was really appealing to me. And from starting from the sample process to actually selling the product with an agent, it was it took me probably about a year, year and a half. Wow, that's so interesting. And so you decided to go with a made-to-order model for your business. So why did you choose this? It was part of the business model that I first started purely for cash purposes and cash flow. Um, and then as you know, the whole sustainability aspect of the business came about, I realized that it's actually a really great thing, one, for the environment and two, for the business. So it was like winning on both levels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness, totally. And that's so interesting now to see so many brands, you know, taking on that sustainable kind of practice with brands. And I think it's really starting to, it's really starting to become mainstream, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, previously, brands and designers probably didn't have the resources and they weren't as accessible as they are today. So, Mm. you know, they weren't doing bold designs or, you know, being a little bit more creative with the pieces and then having having them as a sustainable product. They were a little bit more bland. Yeah, that's right. And with the made-to-order model, how long can it roughly Mm -hmm. take for someone to order a piece from SWF Boutique and then have it at their door? So we say seven to 10 business days for us to dispatch. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, obviously give or take, that's a rough estimate, give or take on what our orders are like or um, if we need to reprint fabric. So all of our fabrics are hand printed, screen printed, and they're all signature print. So if we don't have fabric, it's not like we can just go, okay, let's just go buy that. We have to actually sit there and print it and that's a whole process. So that takes a few extra days. But, you know, there's artisans who are doing our tie-dye and there's you know someone else doing something else so it's it's all a massive process exactly so yeah with one dress there's one guy cutting or a woman cutting fabric and someone else sewing it and someone else dyeing it and so it's this whole thing. Wow that is I really love that kind of creative process but also the process that you know it's um it's a bit more I guess structured and it's it takes it's kind of like it's a more a quality thing as well right because you know fast fashion just churns and churns out you know it's not really whereas here there's kind of almost no room for error in a way. Yeah well it's Kind of like a couture piece, but yeah. you know, at that middle price point. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you when you mm. say it like that, it sounds even more amazing. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what is sustainability to you? And can you give us some examples of how that works for your designs? You know, example, you know, mm. using non toxic dyes and fabrics and yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, sure. So sustainability to me is basically limiting our impact on the planet or environment. Mm-hmm. And then prolonging the the life, I suppose, of the garment. So, you know, having classic silhouettes that you can use two years down the track, there's one style um, in my collection that I have repeated, yeah. I think, since my first collection. So that just shows how classic it is, wow. you know. So, you know, that's really important to me, having something that's trans-seasonal that you can pop a knit underneath, wear it in winter, and then take that knit away and wear it in summer, something that you can elevate for, you know, evening wear or have it a little bit more casual for day wear. So definitely getting the most out of the garment and not having it just for 
that season. Yeah, and so that would come also down to the way that you design things right as well. That's correct. Yeah. And in terms of um, like the dyes we use, yes, we use non-toxic dyes. We don't wrap with plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we use all natural fibres. A lot of our fabrics are sustainable. Um, so, you know, fabrics that are from forests and supply chains that are managed responsibly. So there's a whole, there's a whole backstory to the, whole, the one dress. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And how long did it take you, I guess, when you were looking into actually making these garments sustainable? How long did it take you mm-hmm. to kind of source all of this and understand the whole process and where everything comes from and make sure it's... It does fit into that sustainability category. Look, it's such a working progress and it's mm-hmm. such a big area to know everything about and I'm still learning and, yeah. you know, we are consciously created. We're not saying that we know everything about sustainability. Um, we're just saying that we're taking a step towards, you know, limiting our impact on the environment. And it's, it is a constant, it's a constant learning curve. Yeah. Um, and... To start, I think it took probably about a year, a year and a half to get all that going. And it was presented to me and I thought the fabrics were presented to me and there were sustainable options and non-sustainable options. And you know, I thought, wow, if we could do you know, something for the environment and do our part that way, then why not? When you were researching all of this, going through that process, did you ever think, oh, it's probably a bit too hard or did you ever doubt it? Running your business, I think you always think, yeah, there's bits of it that are too hard and mm. you know, you want to give up or whatever it is but in the end like the end product and the way it makes people feel outweighs all the hurdles that you have to jump to get there so true yes and with sustainability so you kind of also let that flow into your packaging which is amazing so what packaging Mm -hmm. uh, do you offer when you know someone goes online and buys something that's interesting because on the website we used to have you can have this is years ago um, packed with plastic and packed without plastic and people were still choosing plastic Oh, and I was like it's interesting isn't it and I was like why are people choosing plastic so what I did was I was like okay just take that option out so there's no option to choose either way so basically we just um, we use canvas bags and that's what we put the garment in. And at the moment, we're looking at um, the shipping packaging. So we're looking at moving to biodegradable shipping packaging, which is something that we don't have the control over here in Indonesia, but we're mm-hmm. working with our carrier to possibly move from their packaging to our packaging. Wow. So interesting that they can, you know, do sustainable kind of pieces over there. But then when it comes to actually, yeah, the shipping packaging, it's still a bit of a process. It is, it is. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's all baby steps. I just mm. think like, you know, it's everything takes time. Nothing's going to happen overnight. So it's just the small little steps and the bits that you can do to help. Yeah. And is there anything that you wish you knew before you started your brand? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I said before, I just don't think that you would start anything if you knew the ins and outs. Yeah. Like what could go wrong? And it's all learning. Like there's so much that, you know, goes wrong in your day to day that you think at the time, oh, my God, what am I even going to do about this? Yeah. 
but in hindsight, it, it all it's all learning, you know. Yeah. So it's and how you grow and how you move forward and how the brand grows. And as you get bigger, the problems don't go away. You just get you know bigger problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just you know it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. You, I you know, and it's like just in general, it's like life in general. You know, we always have to go through something to grow, whatever that is. So uh, you know, it's the same in business. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And how boring would it be if we didn't? I know. We wouldn't have any cool stories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of just then, um, of day-to-day, what is your day-to-day mm-hmm. like? Hectic. <laughs> um, so, so I'm pretty fortunate in, in the sense that I have my own factory. So mm-hmm. when I manufacture, um, I'm in the office uh, and it's joined to the factory. So, right. you know, there's so much going on um, from day to day. So I'm overseeing production and we're doing design and I'm working with a pattern maker. And, you know, it, it is endless the endless amount of jobs that are continuous. So yeah. it is pretty crazy, my day. Oh, my goodness. And how many people do you have on your team now? In Bali, we have 14 people. Wow. In Melbourne, we have two girls. And then we I have my agents um, in Australia and um, in the States. Wow. Oh, my goodness. A bit yeah. of a, a decent amount there. Yeah. It's definitely growing. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so what do you think are the challenges, you know, to manufacture overseas? I think, look, there are definitely some challenges. Um, for me, it's the language barrier was a challenge, the mm-hmm. cultural differences. There's a lot of ceremony. Even in the way, you know, you speak to the staff and what probably would be okay in Australia is probably not okay here. It doesn't really resonate with them. Right. Timelines is a big one. Oh, <laughs> We've okay. all heard Bali time. So, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, timelines and schedules and deadlines are, are really a big thing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's my ongoing struggle here. Wow. But then there's so many positives as well. Like I said earlier, you know, there's low minimums. There's um, the scope to be so creative. You know, mm. we can tie-dye, we can screen print, we can use embroidery, we can bead garments. There's just, it's endless. Yeah, that's so great. And it's so fun, I guess, mm. being surrounded and being in that creative space. It would help you to create as well, right? Absolutely. And it also gives you the opportunity to try new things that are mm. quite in quite an accessible way. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a positive. And speaking of creativeness, speaking of being creative <laughs> and, um, you know, and having, I guess, being surrounded by people who can help you bring those ideas to life, I just want to say mm-hmm. that your designs are amazing. And I did oh, say, you. you know, off the phone that I have been following SWF for a while now. So I'm interested Uh to know what inspires you. In every collection, I feel that there's a different inspiration. So basically everything inspires me. You know, women inspire me. Um, Nature inspires me. Art. Mm -hmm. Um, But also there's a few collections which I've um, designed which have been quite personal, you know, personal things that have happened to me and a journey in my life. And, you know, that can be an inspiration for for a collection as well. So, you know, it's just anything and everything around me can be an inspiration. So it's just endless. 
Yeah. And how did you go not coming from a design background, actually putting designs, I guess, or or translating that to a manufacturer? Like how did you kind of, yeah, break that barrier and actually go, okay, this is what I want? That was really difficult. Obviously, that was one of my biggest challenges at the start. So knowing like what's a bias or what's a French theme or, Mm -hmm. you know, what stitch is that? Um, And then also with the design is that I don't draw, I drape. So I work with um, a pattern maker and I drape fabric on a mannequin and then we work together that way. Wow. So, yeah, so it's, um, it it, it was all, like I said, it's all learning and it, it was, it's definitely been a journey, but it, you know, things that I had to teach myself. So that's probably one thing that I think is important if you're starting out to have a bit of a mentor and have someone that can, can help you through because, you know, that might assist in maybe not making some of the mistakes that I made, but, you know, but just assisting you in growing in your, in your journey. Mm. And do you remember your first design at all? Oh, wow. You're testing my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, I remember my first lookbook okay, um, yeah. and yeah, I, I like my very first design, the very first one that came out, I I can't, no, I actually can't remember that, but I definitely remember my first lookbook, yeah. Nice. And ha- has a lot changed? Yeah. I mean, some have, but it's, you know, the aesthetic, the first few ones, you're, you're still finding your feet, finding your aesthetic, who's mm. the customer, who's the SWF girl. Yeah. Um, and then once you've kind of like eased your way there and found that customer and who she is and then that the rest just fl- um, flows. So, mm. yeah, the first few, you're still finding your feet. But then, yeah. you know, but like I said, there's silhouettes that I've had in my, um, you know, first and second collection that I've, I still use. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. And um, I think, Mm. I kind of think that, you know, sometimes when we as consumers think of sustainability, we almost think of like boring designs, which we shouldn't, but I think sometimes that we do. Can you please Mm. debunk this for us? Mm. Well, it's like what I was saying before. I think it's like the resources weren't as accessible before. So Mm. perhaps, you know, the styles and the colours and the prints were maybe a little bit boring and perhaps brands had limited access to supplies in the sustainable realm or, you know, whatever it may be. But now it's much more accessible and available to us. And there's almost no excuse to not have an aspect of the business which is consciously created or sustainable. Uh, You know, it is... It is out there, so it, it is something that's um, important, especially because, you know, our industry it does have a little bit of a stigma about the whole landfill thing. So yeah. just, you know, if you can do anything to decrease that, you're doing something positive and doing something great for the planet. Yeah, I love I love that. That's like a, a great kind of way to uh, put it because I think sometimes we can just see a word or, you know, see something that someone has made and not really understand even maybe the full backstory or what it actually does or, you know, and I think it's it's so important for us as consumers to kind of grow with the times as well. And, you know, it, it's definitely Absolutely. heading that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's correct. And yeah, it's a, it's a really important topic. And I know it's mm-hmm. been at the forefront of everyone's minds and, and at the you know conversation. So yeah, it's definitely something that we're really passionate about and is, you know, part of the ethos of the brand. 
Yeah, I have a little bit of an understanding of it, but I, because I did a subject of sustainability and fashion in uni because I did fashion and journalism. So that was kind of my mm-hmm. introduction to it. And I found it really quite mm-hmm. interesting and kind of, um, you know, going into where things are, you know, made, especially overseas and looking at the way that they work and how it can actually be, you know, they, because there is a solution. There doesn't always have to be that you can't do it. There can be a way around it, but obviously it was probably a little bit harder, you know, years ago, whereas now there actually are starting to be more options for brands to actually make that change. But obviously it's up to them to do that. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the education of the consumer as well. Mm. Also, you know, a, a few years ago, or whatever, five years ago, you know, a sustainable, you know, now they have jobs that you are the person for the brand that literally just does the sustainability aspect. So it's a whole thing, like it's massive. Yeah. And how far in advance are you designing for, you know, your upcoming collections? So at the moment I'm designing spring year, so spring of 2020. So that's like a September, August, September delivery. So almost about, I would, yeah, just under a year in advance. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's pretty standard for the industry, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Once it hits stores, you're almost kind of sick of looking at it <laughs> because <laughs> it's, you've been looking at it for a year. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so fast paced. So like once that's finished, you're on to your next one. And then, you know, so it's just, um, it's definitely a fast paced industry. Yeah. Do you ever, I guess, during that time, because there is such a bit of, you know, a lead time until you launch it, do you ever kind of second guess your designs and go, I don't know if that's going to work for then? Or does that ever happen? Mm, I think, I mean, you can always improve, I believe. But if I was going to go back and look at every collection after I had done it, I'd drive myself crazy. (laughs) Um, So once it's finished and that's it, it's done, you know. So I, I tend not to do that just my own sanity yeah and you hope to god that people just like it oh that's that's you know that's why you do it so you know that's the best bit really that Mm -hmm. they're the biggest wins when people love wearing the item or they love your design or they love the color or you know they come up to you and they're like oh i just love whatever yeah you know that's the bit that makes it all worthwhile yeah such a compliment too you're like i made that Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It warms my heart. (laughs) Yeah, that's lovely. And Mm. what are some highlights that you've had with the brand since you started? Um, So I think a lot of the online majors and some of the department stores in the US have been the highlights for the brand. Mm. At the moment, we're stocked with Free People, Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, um, Revolve. Um, So yeah, so that's been a highlight but like I was just saying before the highlights for me really are when people come up to me or we get a lovely email or someone dms me and just says like I love that and I love wearing it and that's really one of the biggest joys for me on top of of course you know other the retail thing but you know that is really what makes me happy. Yeah. And what's Mm. your biggest goal for the brand going forward, would you say? I think one of the goals for me and the brand for 2020 is to try and get on one of the Australian majors, like so one of the Australian retailers. That would be a great one. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) totally. If anyone's listening out there, no. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yes. Um, But yeah, that's probably one of my biggest goals for 2020 for Australia. Mm -hmm. And for the US market, it is just... um, growing that 
Yeah. So the two goals that I have that, yeah. you know, obviously trying to hit. Yeah, and you'll get there. You know, you have a goal, you'll get there. Yeah, I think they're achievable. They're achievable goals. Yeah, definitely. Like you're not saying anything crazy. Like everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that's doable. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and can I ask, who do you think, well, who is the SWF girl? The SWF girl is someone who's confident. It's someone who's not shy to say how she's feeling. Someone who, you know, the brand is some, It's aspirational yet attainable. It's, um, it's your kind girl. It's your smart girl. It's someone who loves travel. Um, and, yeah, that's your SWF girl. Yes, I love it. I love, I love hearing that when, you know, when someone says who their customer is. I just love it. It's a full, mm. It makes it a full, you know, brand story, which I really like. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Would you ever expand your label into anything like accessories or swimwear or anything along those lines? I mean, I think swim would be really fun, but yeah. I think at the moment my focus is on um, where it is. So, yeah. you know, just the garments and getting that and expanding that and growing that. So, yeah. you know, possibly later down the track, mm-hmm. a lot later. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, um, at the moment, at the moment, my hands are pretty full with yes. what we're doing. So, yes. you know, adding another element, you know, I might be biting off a bit more than I can chew. So, mm-hmm. well, at least you're being realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Here's me being like, With what's organic coming? growth? Yeah, and organic growth will be exactly. fine. <laughs> exactly. I'm getting way too ahead of myself. I'm way too excited. <laughs> <laughs> And so what can we actually expect from the brand um, in 2020? What What is it that we can expect for this year? So I just think, you know, there'll be a lot of new prints, a lot of signature prints. We're working on, on that. And that's probably actually one of the things that I find the hardest in the whole design process, the print. But yeah, so we'll see more of the bold print, more of, you know, something that you can look at a dress and be like, oh, yeah, I know that's signature SWF or, yeah. you know, that, you know, it stands out. So, it, you know, it's, There'll be a lot more of that um, coming up in 2020. Exciting. We love a bold print. Mm, yes. Yes. Colour and print. That's what we're about. I love it. Confidence. It, yeah. yeah. Never boring. No, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> and where can we get our hands on some SWF garments? So you can purchase online at our online store. Mm-hmm. That's SWFBoutique.com. And also at specialty stores around Australia. Great. Um, and they're on our website, so have a look there. Or the retailers that I mentioned earlier in, in the U.S. Amazing. You're killing it. Mm, yeah, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so I wanted to jump in to a few random questions for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're kind of aware of all this because you have listened to the podcast, which is I amazing. I love your podcast. Oh, yeah, we were you. talking but before we jumped on air and yeah. I was just like, I, I listened to it and I love it. And yeah, so you're doing a great job as Thank well. you so much. That's so sweet. Um, and it's kind of like when you say that. That, you know, when someone says that they love what you're creating, that you just love that. That is how I feel when someone says that they love the yeah. podcast. So thank you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Keep, keep it up. Good on you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So number mm-hmm. one is right. would you rather only shop online forever or only shop in store forever? I'm an online girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't like going to stores. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't as like people. As much as I like. No, no. <laughs> well, um, I just 
this as much as I like online shopping. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. you can do it from your, you know, comfort of your own home and your pajamas. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, the best, the best purchases have happened, you know, after midnight for me. Yeah. A couple of glasses of wine, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and number two, what's one thing that you get every time you go grocery shopping? What's that one thing you always have to get? Oh, that's a really hard one. Mm-hmm. It depends what country I'm in, but right. I would have to say cheese. Yes, we love cheese. <laughs> yes. All about Very the random. cheese. It's really hard, really hard to get in great cheese in Indonesia. So great cheese and wine, yeah. Cheese. Is there a bit of a cheese so, shortage? Yeah, well, it's just uh, it's an export. Uh, um, they import it, sorry. And so cheese and wine is really, really expensive and, you know, great cheese and, and wine is hard to find. So. Oh, no. You yeah. Need, you need like a little, a little basket like from Australia, yeah. like a little gift basket <laughs> of cheese and wine. Yeah, yeah. yum. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, would you rather be a hero or a villain for a day? And which one? Oh, God. A hero? <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Is there any sort of hero or superhero that you would like to be if you could choose? Oh, no, I wouldn't. I think just being a hero would be the fun part. Yeah, true. And you can you can probably, you know, make your own cool outfit, wear one of your own dresses oh, and that will imagine just Imagine what be... you could do. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Be amazing. Yeah. yeah. You'd be the most glam hero ever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Wearing SWF. Yeah. Yes. I'd be like, oh my god, who is that? Love her. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, Desiree, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have been amazing. Thanks for having me. You're Thank welcome. You. Loved hearing your story and I cannot wait to see what SWF Boutique has for us in 2020. Thanks so much. No worries. Bye. Bye.